So today, this series I wanted to bring to you was going to be take, is going to be taken from Galatians chapter 5. I really feel like in the present climate you and I live in, with all the toxic, negative, tense type of environments we can find ourselves in, is there anything that we can look into when it comes to God's Word that's going to help us to be who God's called us to be? And I really kept coming back to this Galatians chapter 5. So I'm going to read the whole thing to you. Um, I'm tempted to actually get my wife to read it because she's a much better reader than me. Um, So would you be up for that? Would you read the whole thing? So let's welcome Joyce as she comes up. Thank you. Oh, you get your own. I do. All righty, Galatians 5, and it's the whole chapter up until verse 25. Are you ready? Let's do this. So Christ has made us free. Now make sure that you stay free. And don't get all tied up again in the chains of slavery to Jewish laws and ceremonies. Listen to me, for this is serious. If you are counting on circumcision and keeping the Jewish laws to make you right with God, then Christ cannot save you. I'll say it again. Anyone trying to find favour with God by being circumcised must always obey every other Jewish law or perish. Christ is useless to you if you are counting on clearing your debt to God by keeping those laws. You are lost from God's grace. Verse 5, But we, by the help of the Holy Spirit, are counting on Christ's death to clear away our sins and make us right with God. And we, to whom Christ has given eternal life, don't need to worry about whether we have been circumcised or not, or whether we are obeying the Jewish ceremonies or not, for all we need is faith working through love. You were getting along so well. Who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God who has done it, for He is the one who has called you to freedom in Christ. But it takes only one wrong person among you to infect all the others. I am trusting the Lord to bring you back to believing as I do about these things. God will deal with that person, whoever he is, who has been troubling and confusing you. Some people even say that I myself am preaching that circumcision and Jewish laws are necessary to the plan of salvation. Well, if I preach that, I would be persecuted no more. For that message doesn't offend anyone. The fact that I'm still being persecuted proves that I'm still preaching salvation through faith in the cross of Christ alone. I only wish these teachers who want you to cut yourself by being circumcised would cut themselves off from you and leave you alone. For dear brothers, I'll add sisters, you have been given freedom Not freedom to do wrong, but freedom to love and serve each other. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love others as you love yourself. But if instead of showing love among yourselves, you're always critical and bitchy, watch out. Beware of ruining each other. I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. He will tell you where to go and what to do, and then you won't always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to. 
For we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite from the things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things we want to do when the Spirit leads us are just the opposite of our natural desires. These two forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us. And our wishes are never free from their pressures. When you are guided by the Holy Spirit, you need no longer force yourself to obey Jewish laws. But when you follow your own wrong inclinations, your lives will produce these evil results, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, spiritism that is encouraging the activity of demons, hatred and fighting, jealousy and anger, constant effort to look out only for yourself, complaints and criticisms, the feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group. And there will be wrong doctrine and the twisting the truth to fit your own ideas, envy, murder, drunkenness, orgies, and all sorts of perversions. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And here there is no conflict with Jewish laws. Those who belong to Christ have nailed their nature, their natural evil desires to his cross and crucified them there. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Then we won't need to look for honours, popularity, self-promotion and seeking acceptance, which lead to jealousy, hard feelings and offences. Amen. So it's pretty, pretty big chapter. And I really wanted to put it before us as a church because even though it's an ancient text, it has very modern context. How are we, how are you, me, us, how are we going to display the fruit of the Spirit in this culture today? Berlin's not an easy city. It's not a, an easy city to be a follower of Jesus. In Buenos Aires, you could say, God, hallelujah, amen. You could say anything in that area and everybody just carries on like it's normal. But try walking around these streets saying, Hallelujah, Holy Spirit, Jesus is awesome. And you'll find out that there is definitely an atmosphere of hostility. It's amazing you can talk about climate change, you can talk about ecosystems, you can talk about a lot of the things to do with our current situation, but just mention Jesus and it's like intellectual suicide. And that is something we need to be aware of. So we've got to remember, how do we leave Sunday and approach Monday? It's easy to be a follower of Jesus in this room. Someone's leading you in worship, you can listen, you can follow, you can watch. That's not worship. Watching worship is not worship. You don't get transformed by watching. You get transformed by participating. But really, there's no challenge in this room right now. It's what we do next. It's can we bring it to the marketplace? Can we bring it to the project? Can we bring it to the, the, the department that we're working in or into the business that we're a part of? Can we take it to our flatmates, our friends? And, and that's where you really find out that, okay, how do I live the Gospel 
in an outward way that benefits others. And I believe it's not about bringing your Bible to work. It's about bringing you to work. And if the Word is in you, then the Word's going to come out of you. But what do you say? Do you quote Jeremiah in the middle of a board meeting? Oh, I just want to remind you of Jeremiah. Like, Jeremiah, did we employ him last week? Did we fire him? Did we hire him? No, I'm not talking about Jeremiah, the hire or fire. I'm talking about Jeremiah in the Bible. He's like, just kill the atmosphere. No, you don't have to speak Jeremiah chapter and verse. You don't even have to speak any chapter and verse. But you do know how to speak wisdom and speak profoundly into different situations. And this is where I feel like you and I need to realise the work of the Holy Spirit is not limited to Sundays. The work of the Spirit is something continuing in every aspect of our lives. And I really like this because He highlights the tension. First of all, I'm going to give you a summary. And the reason you need to understand this, Paul was an apostle. He got called out of, uh, there's no reference that he ever stopped being Jewish, um, but we do know that he profoundly, profoundly uh, was the early architect, I guess in one way you could say it that way, of Christianity. Uh, The way Jesus lived and the way Jesus spoke um, was in that context at that time. It was years later, the followers of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus that began to really find themselves distributed across the region, going further and further away from Jerusalem. And a lot of them lost their lives. But in that process, these eyewitnesses of Jesus and what He said and what He did and how He conducted Himself, it, 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 it was becoming obvious. We, we, might, we need to capture this. We need to, we need to pass this on to the next generation. Because if we don't, it dies with us. And so the New Testament, uh, through the Holy Spirit, through the outworking of eyewitnesses, begin to go in letter format predominantly. And it was shared verbally, but it was also copied and copied again, copied again, distributed around the community here, send it out here, send it out here. So again, the New Testament was a fluid thing and and, and there was interesting things about that. But what I'm trying to say to you is, is that as it went further away from Jesus and His death and resurrection, next generation, the next generation, the next generation, they had to hold on to the words of Jesus. And so Paul was the early out first. And he goes on his first missionary trip into the nation we know today as modern day Turkey. Um, And in this region, this this region right in the middle of Turkey in the the New Testament time or in the 2000 years ago, it was called Asia Minor, uh, Asia. And it was defined as a region called Galatia. The Galatian region, Galatians. So Galatians were not so much uh, about their language. It was more about the region they lived in. It's like what we say today, Bavarians. Are you a German? No, I'm Bavarian. No, it's interesting. Same in the UK. You meet someone from Cornwall. I'm Cornish. Are you British? No, I'm Cornish. In other words, you don't realise this. And this is what's going on here. So when Paul goes through this missionary trip, he goes to all these small places, these towns, these, and he begins to preach the Gospel. He uses stats with the synagogue because there's a familiarity. And there's a whole lot of community around that. And he starts to speak the good news of Jesus and who He is and what He does and why you're forgiven and all of that. And people respond. On the way back on his first missionary trip, he appoints leaders and he makes sure that these churches are going to be looked after. 
So this region is already starting to grow with the Gospel. Churches are getting started and we know that from reading the book of Acts, okay? But let me stay with me, okay? Because he gets into, uh, into the mission trip further on. He hears that the guys in Galatia or the churches that he's been with are now going away from what he gave them. He's like, so he, he summarises it. You guys started so well, who has messed with you? You start this journey of faith by the grace of God. And now you're thinking you're gonna fulfill this with observing laws, rituals and legalism. You're nuts. Loose translation. You, you didn't get it by circumcision. You didn't get it by food laws. You didn't get it by observing hoops to jump through and legalism to go around. You got it by the grace of God. It was a gift from Him unto you. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? I feel like I'm Shakespeare right now. But what I am trying to say to you is, can you see the tension? He cares about them like a mother with a child. You started so well. Now let's get into the 21st century. What happened through the pandemic? I don't know, a lot of things, but it messed with people. But on a church level, it messed with followers of Christ. People walked away from foundational beliefs, walked away from things they thought they knew, but they didn't really know. You're not, you're not having a go. It's not fake it till you make it. You've got it. Now strengthen it. And this is what's going on. So he writes the letter and that's why this Galatians chapter five is something we're gonna look at for the next few weeks as a church. Because I really believe the Spirit of God wants to speak to every single one of us to realize how precious we are, how saved we are, how called we are, and how we too can display the fruit of the Spirit in a very toxic, atheistic, unbelieving, confusing, challenging society. So this is what's going on then, and this is what's going on now. So when we, humanity, depart from God, we don't get better, we get worse. The best of us is suddenly hidden. You take God out of the story, we, we just destroy us, ourselves quicker than you can say, but you put God back into the story though, and that's when the things begin to change. And we've got to get over this idea of, you know, observations around the world because humanity lost will come up with a lot of colourful ideas. We can travel to another part of the world and we can observe observances, religious festivals, religious behaviour. We can observe the colour and the depth and the, the mystery and the smoke and everything else that comes with it. And we're like, wow. And on that level, I think, wow, 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 wow. I don't think it's not to be so much ignored, but I don't think it's to be embraced. I think it's, it's actually how much we go. We go amazingly in the wrong direction. When we don't know God, we'll come up with all sorts of things. Interesting things, colorful things, incredible things. The Burning Man, anyone's aware of that? That's an expression of a generation that are fed up with conventional methods and are trying to get something in a different way. And all of history will record humanity pushing the boundaries on what is, what could be, reimagining what I think it could be. But we don't get better, we get worse. 
because it's still coming from a self-centeredness. You're going to love yourself. <laughs> no, you can't love yourself unless you draw from a source. Where are you getting that love from? Because if you get your water from the tainted source, <laughs> it's, it, it's like, it's like, it looks like water. I used to call it Tabasco sauce in the milk. When people taste your lives, looks like milk. Tastes like Tabasco sauce. The fruit of the Spirit is God's work in you and through you. But when people encounter your lives, what do they encounter? The milk or the Tabasco sauce? This was true then and this is true now. And he says, this is the evidence of someone who is not right with God and is very descriptive. Complaints, criticism. Everyone's wrong except my little group. Wrong doctrines, twisting the truth into our own imagination and ideas. Envy, murder, drunkenness, orgies, all sorts of perversions. We draw one line and we move it and we move to the next. It's a thirst that can never be quenched. It's a lust that can never be satisfied. It's a perversion that will never end until your self-annihilation. And so he comes into this amazing narrative and he says, let me give you the antidote to sin. Let me give you the antidote to sin. Let me give you the antidote to your problems. It's not food. It's not Sabbaths. It's not ceremonies. It's not legalism. It's not more laws. It is Christ alone. He has satisfied every claim, every accusation, every crime, every act of rebellion. It is finished. You started with that. Why are you departing to some fabrication or lesser truth? Stay with Christ. And don't add to Him and don't take away from Him. It's not Jesus and a bit of salt. Jesus and a bit of pepper. Jesus and a little bit of vinegar, a little bit of butter. It's not adding to Him and it's not taking away from Him. It's just Christ alone. And if you want to be at your best, Christ alone. You want to flourish, Christ alone. You want to make progress, Christ alone. You want to overcome these things that you don't like in your life, overcome by Christ alone. You draw on Him, you feed on Him, you nourish yourself from Him, by Him, unto Him. It's the work of the Spirit. So let me give you a picture. Let me try to paint a picture so you get a little bit of an idea. How can I visualise this for my own life? Because if you've got Christ, you've got the Spirit. And if you've got the Spirit, you've got the fruit of the Spirit. It's already in you. It's already in you. Let me say it again. It's already in you. Amen. You've already got it. It's like a seed, but water it. Nourish it. Value it. Speak to it. Oh, well, I speak to my plants. Speak to the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Amen. Even the plastic ones, speak to them. 
But listen to me, tell me, I'm telling you straight up. If you want religion, knock yourself out. But if you want Christ, go for it. There is no condemnation to those who are in, but there is consequences. So he's saying, listen, listen to me. You started so well. Who has messed with you? Who messed with who during the pandemic? Who are we listening to? What book are we reading? What podcast are we following? It's so easy to get off guard today, but it's only easy if you don't know who you are. It's only easy if you haven't got a foundation that you're building upon. And so for us as a local community that's diverse, we've got to realize our strength will only be drawing from Christ. And so let me, let me just give you quickly, to enjoy the freedom, you need to stay spiritually fit. To enjoy your freedom, you need to stay spiritually fit. Physically fit, most of you look amazing. Like you must be members of Barry's Gym or I don't know, Reed's International or whatever you call it, Reed's John Reed or whatever. I don't know the names of gyms, but you look like you're all gymmers. Now turn to someone and say, now he's talking about you. You look so fit. You look so strong. You look so good. To enjoy your freedom that Christ has given you, you need to be spiritually fit. 1 Timothy chapter 4, physical fitness has certain value, but spiritual fitness is essential both for this present life and for the life to come. There is no doubt about this at all. And Christians should remember this. Hey, I'm proud that you're physically fit, but are you spiritually fit? You can be a, a mountain on the inside, but a dwarf on the inside. You can look manly and macho and whatever that meant to be on the outside, but tell me how you are on the inside. A man on the outside, but a pipsqueak on the inside. Well, maybe you beat me in an arm wrestle. Jasper? No, 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 no. I wouldn't want to. But let me tell you, what are you like when you wrestle with God in prayer? Move a cup or can you move a mountain? And that's, that's a spiritual fitness. And every one of us in this room, if you know Jesus, what are you doing to be spiritually fit? Well, Pastor Mark doesn't read the Bible on Sunday and I really need the Bible. Well, read it yourself. Well, I need help. Well, let's catch up then. So this is what I think Timothy is so good at. And he's just, get, get this revelation. Spiritual fitness is essential to not just now, but for the, everything. Number two, enjoy your freedom. You need to keep growing. Don't stop. One of the ways that you know people have stopped because they've stopped thankful. They're not thankful anymore. You used to be so thankful, so thankful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then just suddenly it stops. And when the thankfulness stops, the growing stops. I guarantee it's one of the clear indicators. So let's just keep growing. Number three, to enjoy your freedom, you need to develop the fruit of the Spirit. And Joyce just read it so beautifully. Galatians chapter five, the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in a believer's life will be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So let's have a look at this. So we need some love. You wanna come up and be some love? We need we need some joy. Can you be some joy? We need some peace. Can you be some peace? We need some patience. Oh, this is a good one for you, Greg. Super patient. When's it gonna happen, Lord? Be patient. When's it gonna happen, Lord? Be patient. Uh, kindness. 
Well done, Connie. Super kind. Goodness, you can't get away from goodness. Uh, faithfulness, come on, Joycey. Gentleness, come on, Jesper. Self-control. <laughs> Sarah, come. All right, so here is nine uh, references to the fruit of the Spirit. The reference is singular, so it's not fruit of the Spirit, it's fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's fruit of the Spirit, but it's outworked in nine different ways. So this is something that we all are aware of when we read it. Now, what is Paul saying? Listen, this is the antidote to sin. It's not rituals. It's not food laws. It's not circumcision, thank God. It's none of the cutting and none of this and none of that, which all looks very supernaturally spiritual from an outsider looking upon. Wow. It's not the clothes you wear. It's not the walk you have. It's got nothing to do with externals. It's called the fruit of the Spirit internal. And when you got Jesus, you got the fruit of the Spirit. And if you will give some attention to it, you will find yourself with new strength and you will find yourself being who God's called you to be in a way that you probably haven't done before. Because we're so aware of what we haven't got, we're not paying enough attention to what we do have. This is God's inheritance for you. And again, it's not what you do, it's what He's done. So this is what it looks like. So we got some love, we got some joy, we got some peace, we got some patience, we got some kindness, we got some goodness, we got faithfulness. Oh, I'm full of faith. I'm a, I'm a faith person. Come to me if you want a faith prayer. Full of faith, Joyce. Absolutely. Move mountains, Joyce. Absolutely. Amen. So, so, so here I am, I've got my faith and you can see faith, but where's my love? Love's over here. So, okay, come over here, love. So, so I've, right, I've got faith, but where's my love when I need it? It's easy to love the lovable, but can you love the unlovable? Well, let's turn it up. Can you live in Berlin and survive? So where's the love when I need it? It's over there. You're not even up on the... Faith, I've got lots of faith. <laughs> Vamos. <laughs> Amen. I've got faith for healing <laughs> But where's my love when I need it? Do I believe I'm loved? Do I believe I can love? Jesus said, love them the same way I've loved you. You can't do that on a human level, but you can on a supernatural level. It's a coincidence. It's just a t-shirt, but maybe I was in the spirit. Where's my peace? Where's my peace? Where's my peace when I got it? Well, sometimes just life isn't peaceful. But peace is not an outward thing. It's an internal thing. You can have all sorts of things going on, but let's have a look at where our peace is. It's over here somewhere. Why? Because I got on the tram the other night. Get out. And... I got on the tram the other night and um, um, I didn't have my ticket and I got into trouble and after they, after they removed me from the train and, and put me to the floor and handcuffed me, and <laughs> I really struggled to have a bit of peace. <laughs> my love was gone, my faith was low and my peace was gone. Welcome to Berlin. Bit of joy. 
Joy's not even in the building. <laughs> Just go to the back if you can. Patience. Patience. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. I got faith, but I want it now. Patience. Some of us like, God, you're too slow. I'm going to help you. Just go through, you know, online, scroll, scroll, scroll. God, what about him? What about her? God, what? God, God, God. Ah, you're taking too long. Some of us, we just think God needs our help. And we're like, he's never late. He's never late. He's never early. But he's always on time. So patience, you can just hang in the corner. Kindness, kindness, kindness. Well, I was a part of the kindness project last year, so does that qualify? No, kindness has got nothing to do with a project. It's got, called, it's got to do with your heart. And oh, I can give a little bit of money to Ukraine. I can give a little money to Turkey. I can give a little bit of money. Kindness is not about the money you give. It's about dignifying others. Kindness dignifies people. So it's got to come out of an internal relationship with Jesus. But let's just keep you there because you're not too far away, but you're not too close. And then we've got goodness, goodness. Where's goodness when we need it? Looking for a coffee. What are you? Gentleness. Gentleness. Well done. Gentleness is sometimes there and sometimes it's not. We really don't know when it's going to turn up. So you can live there. And then we've got self-control. Well, self-control. Self-control. Oh, self-control. When it comes to panna cotta, there's no self-control. I'm telling you straight up. But let me tell you, we've got to be able to have a spirit of self-control. Because temptation is around all the time. Not just temptation online, not just temptation at work, not just temptation in the street, on the tram, wherever we are. It's something you and I have to understand. This is a fruit of the Spirit. Your ability to have self-control is not your genes or DNA. Your ability to develop self-control comes from an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. So if you want to develop your self-control, how many of us live our lives well, uh, you know, I, you know, we, uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Oh! God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. I won't do it. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. Ah! And what I'm trying to do is just give you the idea is, is that we're all human. But what we've got to understand is that fruit of the Spirit, self-control, can grow. So it's not about where you are right now. It's where you're going. But you need to go from where you are right now, not with condemnation and feeling defeated, but reminding who you are. Reminding what He's done for you. Reminding that there's still so much ahead of you. So this is not a defeative message. It's actually a liberating message because the message is about freedom. So the antidote to religion is not all of the religious hoops. And some of you still struggle with this because you've been beaten up with religion for too long. You're still too scared to put a foot wrong. And when you do, you want no one to know. You don't need to come and confess to me. I'm not your priest. He is your everlasting priest. And what is He doing? He's before the Father. Hebrews chapter 6 to chapter 9. 
He is your mediator. What does God do all day? What does Jesus do? Is He redundant? Is He sleeping? Is He in Majorca having a holiday? No, He is before the Father 24 hours a day, seven days a week, interceding on your behalf. He takes a rubbish prayers, cleans them up, detoxifies them and presents them before the Father. Read your Bible, Hebrews 6 to chapter 9. Some of you look at me like, what? Yes, Jesus takes, we have a water filter in our apartment because we think that we're helping ourselves. But the truth is, He takes whatever we do in our prayers. So does that mean I can, pref- I can swear in my prayer and God will be okay with it? No, it's not okay. It's just whatever you chuck up, He knows how to cleanse it and present it. And that's what I'm trying to say. Religion's messed up too much. You've got to know what the Word says. And that's what Paul was fighting for. You started so well. Who is messing with you? And we don't really know who it was. We know that they sent Jewish missionaries out to all the places Paul was going because they were losing control. But he was saying, hey, you want to keep the freedom? This is what you need, the fruit of the Spirit. You want the fruit of the Spirit? So let's all pull the fruit of the Spirit in. Now, we see this as a picture of our lives sometimes. We've got it, but it's all over the place. It's like our apartment. (laughs) Come back in, all of you. Stay with me. And if there's any questions you can ask, if you're hesitant about anything, you can ask. But what I am saying to you is this. You've got to realize what you've got in Jesus. And it's scary how people can be in church for many years and they still don't know what they've got in Jesus. So this is the fruit of the Spirit, but let me do it even better. All of you stand around me facing outwards. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is... So when you see me, you see the fruit. When you see me, you see the love. When you see me, you see the patience. When you see me, you see the self-control. You sound like a super Christian. No, 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 no. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's called this will develop if you will just get intimate and vulnerable before your heavenly Father. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the antidote to sin. You've been brought into Christ. Now everything's free. Your sins are forgiven, past, present and future. He died for all of it. So what about our current sins? Under the blood. Salvation is I've been justified. Salvation is I'm being sanctified. Salvation is I will be glorified. I have it, I'm getting it. I have it, I'm getting it. You ordered something on Amazon? You've got it, it's on its way. You keep checking, you see, delivery, 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 arrived, delivered to a neighbor. (laughs) I was in! (laughs) What I'm trying to say to you is renew your mind with God's Word, not people's opinions. Go to the Word of God for your freedom. Strengthen your freedom from the Word of God, but enjoy your freedom because it was not cheap. But this is a reality. So it's not me, it's Him. 
And you and I can build a life on earth where it's less of me, more of Him. Less of me, more of Him. Less of me, more of Him. So how do you feed the Holy Spirit? How do you mature? How do you develop the Holy Spirit? You do it by the Word of God. You do it by worshiping. You do it by the presence of God. You do it by being planted in the house of God. You do it by keeping a community of faith. You do it as an ongoing process. But you can move forward. It's not two steps, one step, uh, two steps back, one step forward. Even though it feels like that, you're always ahead with Jesus. Our mentality is I'm behind. No, no, no. With Him, you're always ahead because He's the only one who can get us there. But please don't think this is you. It's the work of the Spirit that produces this. First of all, it's in you. Secondly, water it. How do I water it? Honour it, value it, speak to it. Acknowledge that you've got it. Amen? It's not I'm getting it, I've got it. And then just give yourself a chance. Now all of this will be tested at work. Grumpy bosses, the best way to develop the Holy Spirit is a grumpy boss. The best way to develop uh, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is come to a church like ours. The best way to develop the Holy Spirit is to live in a city like Berlin. The best way to develop the fruit of the Spirit is to go into craziness, chaos, absolute. ah. Why? Because when you go into these environments, you can either pull back or you can say, here I am. This is what I'm going to do. You're salt and light. But it's the fruit of the Spirit where we make Jesus that is invisible, visible. You never lose your uniqueness. There's no one like you. But you've got to remember, when you follow Jesus, you don't become Jesus, you become you. But you become the best version of you. You become the redeemed version of you. You become the one that He always knew. And that is an ongoing relationship with Jesus. So today we're advocating, encouraging that we, all of us, can be more intimate with the Holy Spirit if we want to. So the alternative, you can still be a a follower of Jesus. You can still be a Christian and still practice all sorts of crazy things. That's what a lot of people say. You Christians in Europe, you just... There's no difference. Can't tell the difference. Can't tell the difference. Well, hello? We should be able to tell the difference, but not our legalism. Not our hoops to jump over. Because of our spirit, love, peace, joy, self-control, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. They're coming out of us. Amen. How do I know you had garlic last night? How do I know? Because it's oozing out of you. Sorry, the illustrations are getting worse the longer I talk. But trust me, if you know it about garlic, you can know it about the Spirit. Is there any Spirit on you? Is there anything of Jesus on you? Is there anything of heaven in you? Get it out. Get it out. Amen. And this is what I love. The enemy cannot touch you. So come on. Come on. Um, What's your name? Grady. You're the enemy. Try and get me. Try and get me. I'll take your job, I'll take your girlfriend, I'll take your apartment, I'll take your Instagram account, I'll, I'll steal your money, I'll cancel your plane ticket, I'll take your seat on EasyJet, I'll lose your luggage. What else can we come up with? You know, like what else can you come up with? Like what else is, is you know, I, no Wi-Fi, trust me. 
But are you going to lose your joy because you've got no Wi-Fi? I'll tell you now what I'm speaking on. You will be tested as me you get out the door. Anyone's got a flight tonight or tomorrow, you will be tested. Are you prophesying? Yes. Give these guys a big hand. I trust today that there's been something to get you thinking, something to get you curious. But more importantly, my prayer is you would go home and read the Word for yourself and let the Spirit of God speak to you. There is no condemnation to those in Christ. There are consequences. Okay? We are the most liberated people that has ever lived. And if you want to live in that, liber that liberty and that freedom that He has brought, don't jump back into legalistic hoops. Okay? Don't squander what He's done for you. But develop this thing called the fruit of the Spirit. And you will see it grow with intimacy with Him. Intimacy with Him could be on your face in your bedroom tonight, crying your eyes out. I don't want to leave here until I've met with you. For some of you, that's how desperate you're going to have to be. I've been there a few times in my life. I'm not saying it's every day, but now and again, sometimes you go on your floor and you say, I'm not leaving until I met with you. I, I shift from all of this self-consciousness to now I'm aware of you. I don't know what it's going to look like for all of us, but as a church, we're going to go in this direction. And we're going to invite everybody to just really develop a new sense of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Because all of this stuff is not produced by human imagination. It's not produced by good works. It's not produced by intellectual talks. It's produced by the freshness of the Holy Spirit.